Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's 1991, and America is at war. Have no choice but to drive Saddam from Kuwait by force. We will not fail. CNN broadcasts round-the-clock coverage of the Gulf War. But the conflict has a different look. For the first time, Americans see women stationed alongside men on the front lines. This was the beginning of the rise of women in the military. This is our mission. This is what we're training for. At the same time, women got the green light to fly combat missions. I think if our country goes to war, then I would like to go and support our country. After his election, President Bill Clinton places even more women in power. So help me God. General Reno, congratulations. Janet Reno becomes the first female attorney general in U.S. history. You are a strong and an independent person who will give me your best legal judgment whether or not it's what I want to hear. <laughs> Throughout the 90s, women continue to gain more leadership roles, even in the military. And in movies like Courage Under Fire and G.I. Jane... Military women are as kick-ass as Schwarzenegger or Stallone. As women break barriers in the military, teenage girls all over the country are inspired. And in the small town of Centerville, Minnesota, 19-year-old Tracy McBride can't wait to step up. Tracy really loved the movie A Few Good Men. I think it really did set the stage for that passion and something stirring within to want to pursue a career in the military. On the surface, a career in a field as regimented as the military seems out of character for Tracy. Tracy was a high school sweetheart. She was a cheerleader extraordinaire. She was highly involved with theater, drama, music, you name it. Tracy was my best friend. Her personality was so joyful and gregarious. Everyone knew that Tracy was the short girl with a big heart and huge personality. Baby, 
Whatever Tracy does, she does it all with her trademark smile. My parents named her Tracy Joy, and little did they know how important that aspect of who she was was going to be. Tracy made a lot of friends because she was outgoing and she accepted everybody. When anyone asks Tracy what she wants to do after high school, her answer is simple. She knew she wanted to go into the military. She knew it before she graduated from high school. I talked about the military all the time and how I loved it. I didn't mind if she went in, but she wanted to go in before she finished college. And that's why I ran into the big problem. She said, I respect you and mom, but this is something I really think I'm supposed to do. To most people, this is just a uniform. But to me, it's something more. Find out how the Army can bring out the, the best. best. The best of what's inside you. you. Be all you can be. I do remember the day I came home from school, and she was already at my house. Something inside of me knew. And I said to her, you took that test for the Army today, didn't you? And she smiled. She surprised us saying, I got clearance to go into the Army, and I start boot camp in a week. And I said, I think you're crazy, but I know you have to follow your heart. In April of 1994, Tracy enters Army boot camp in South Carolina, determined to not only be the best female recruit, but the best soldier, period. And she loved basic training. She said, call me crazy, but I don't even mind getting up at 4.30. She just thrived there. Tracy had no boundaries in her head, which is beautiful because I think that women at that time and young women as we were, it's easy to put ourselves in boxes. But she was never anyone who had any boundaries in anything she set out to do. We kind of figured her area of greatest failure is that she wouldn't be able to help but smile as the drill sergeant is going down the line and she would just have to drop to the floor and give him push-ups. And she would do so with a continued smile on her face. She really impressed her fellow soldiers. Please direct your attention to the left of the formation. The units marching today are the graduating soldiers from Company E, 4th Battalion, 13th Infantry Regiment. By the time boot camp ends, Tracy graduates top of her class and her family travels from Minnesota to attend the ceremony. Out of 260 girls, she was recognized as outstanding. For having demonstrated superior performance of duty, the outstanding soldier of the cycle is Private Tracy McBride from Centerville, Minnesota. She just had that leadership ability, just drawing people together. We were pretty proud of her. After intelligence training in California, Tracy heads out in February of 1995 to continue her training at the Goodfellow Air Force Base in San Angelo, Texas. Goodfellow was a fairly small base, quiet, friendly, a lot like San Angelo at the time. It was intelligence training for all services, so we had every service on there, Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. You pretty much have to be top of your class to become military intelligence. So we rarely had any kind of trouble with the people on the base. Soon, Tracy feels right at home 
when she meets fellow soldier Stephanie Ryan. Everybody knew that I um, was kind of a, a lone soldier from Minnesota. And they said, there's another girl here from Minnesota. And I'm like, you're kidding. I was like, where are you from? And she said, Centerville. And I said, that's really cool. I'm so glad you're here. Tracy also bonds with her drill sergeant, Sandra Lane, who looks enough like her to be her sister. Tracy and drill sergeant Sandy Lane looked very similar. Reddish hair, the same short bob, the same build, the same height, the physique, all of it was there. And Sergeant Lane is precisely the kind of soldier Tracy wants to be. She commanded well, she led well, she didn't pull any punches, she was straightforward. It's been nine days since Tracy arrived at Goodfellow. Tonight, Tracy is working laundry room duty. It's her job to ensure that everyone using the laundry room signs in and out of the facility. It's a boring assignment for a Saturday night, but at least there's a phone. I was asleep and my phone rang and it was Tracy. And she started that conversation with asking me why I was even home because it was a Saturday night and I should be out with friends. And I said, well, I answered the phone, didn't I? <laughs> She'd asked me about a date I had gone on earlier in the month. That was our conversation. Really typical 19-year-old girl. But then there's an interruption. I was talking and I heard this muffled noise and I could kind of hear her voice. And she said, I can't right now. I'm on the phone long distance. And then the phone went dead. And I didn't really think anything of it. I just assumed she wasn't supposed to be on the phone and maybe got in trouble. So I went back to bed and I went to sleep. Around that same time, two soldiers near the laundry room, Private Michael Peacock and Marine Sergeant John Peoples, see a female soldier leaving with a man. Peacock recognizes the woman as Tracy McBride. And it looked like Tracy was possibly being forced to go with him. And Private Peacock looks at the other guy and said, did that seem odd to you? And they both agreed something seemed wrong. The two soldiers bolt after Tracy and the man. Sergeant Peoples screams to anyone listening to call 911. When they exit the building, they split up to search for Tracy. Private Peacock went toward like a wall with a bunch of dumpsters. He noticed that Tracy was standing there, but she wasn't moving at all. Next thing he knows, he's hit. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Private Michael Peacock has been assaulted on the Goodfellow Air Force Base in San Angelo, Texas. When he regains consciousness, there is no sign of Private Tracy McBride. Air Force Special Agent John Whitson is immediately called to the base by the security police squadron. I'm 10 minutes probably from the base where I live. Uh, So we just went straight there. Tell us what you know. Where are my witnesses? Where are my crime teams? Give me all you got. Marine Sergeant John Peoples recounts what the two witnessed before Peacock was knocked out cold and taken to a hospital. He had a concussion. He was in pretty bad shape. He'd pretty well been whipped. Even though Peacock is in no shape to be interviewed, he provides them with an obvious clue. The bruising that was on the base of his neck was almost a perfect outline of a magazine for a semi-automatic handgun. With Peacock in the hospital, Whitson first examines the laundry room where Tracy was last seen. There wasn't a whole lot to be gained out of the laundry room. There was nothing left there other than what she had left behind, which weren't clues to anything. Next, he turns his attention to the area around the dumpster where Private Peacock had been knocked out. We had blood stains. Also of interest was one 9mm cartridge that had not been spent. I mean, it was, it was a live round. It was very concerning. We know there's a weapon involved. A 9mm handgun is not unusual in the Army, but having a handgun on an intelligence base is highly unusual. And though it's one of the most popular consumer guns, It's hard to believe anyone would come from outside to commit a crime on a military base. Our theory was somebody who knew the base, somebody who was from the base. The Air Force OSI calls the Texas Department of Public Safety in to aid in the search. In 1995, I had 22 years as a police officer. I received a call asking for help in the investigation of Tracy McBride. 
Now the multi-agency team of investigators begins by questioning everyone who may have had contact with Tracy that night. She basically had laundry duty. Anybody who came down to do laundry signed in. So that's where we started. We started with everybody on that laundry list. From there, they branch out. There are as many as 3,000 people on the base alone. Investigators will need to start narrowing down the possibilities. For now, all investigators can be certain of is that Tracy was last seen leaving the laundry room with a male. And normally you think, oh, it's somebody who became infatuated, somebody who you rebuffed. But she'd only been on base for nine days. So, I mean, how much contact can you have with anybody, per se, outside of the platoon she was in? Whitson turns to Tracy's drill sergeant, Sandra Lane, for help. We were picking her brain a lot. But hey, what about this person? What about that person? Meanwhile, Whitson gets word that the soldier who was assaulted, Private Michael Peacock, is well enough to be interviewed. He'd been hit fairly solidly. I don't know if his recollection was the best at that time. He seemed to think African-American male. Based on Private Peacock's description, officials create a composite sketch of the man last seen with Tracy. He had an OD green field jacket. The older field jackets way back would have been the solid green. So we're thinking maybe former military. Knowing time is of the essence, authorities initiate a full search both on and off the base for Tracy McBride and her possible assailant. Air Force Office of Special Investigations here issued an all points bulletin to the surrounding counties to be on the lookout for Private McBride and this possible assailant. But hours of searching only confirm that Tracy has vanished. Authorities make the difficult call to inform Tracy's family. I was in the kitchen. I answered the phone, and he said, Mr. McBride, your daughter has been kidnapped. I was in disbelief. Jim was on the phone, and I kept saying, what's going on? And then he said, Tracy's been abducted. And the only thing I could think of doing was trying to call church to get them to pray. My mom came bounding in my room. And the words that she said, I'll just never forget. She said in a panic, your sister has been abducted. And the world just fell apart. My phone rang and it was Irene McBride. She asked me, when is the last time you talked to Tracy? And I said, last night, but I think she got in trouble because the phone went dead. Irene's next words were, Tracy's missing. And that's when I knew I was the last person to have spoken with her before something bad happened. Across Minnesota, Tracy McBride's disappearance becomes big news. I think as a smaller town, I think everybody hopes and praying that she's going to come back. You don't know how to feel or, or what to think right now. It was a very big story. Tracy McBride was this little hometown sweetheart who had big dreams, and everybody wanted to know what was going on. I can't even fathom the idea of how that could have happened on a military base around all military personnel. I just hope she's found safe. <laughs> Back at the base, Special Agent Whitson has learned that Tracy often hangs out with two male Marines, and one of them is African-American. Whitson sets up a meeting with them, but the two Marines are a no-show. But I had asked for these guys early in the morning. It was middle of the morning, and uh, nobody had seen them. And so we called the gunnery sergeant. 
And the admin guy said, Gunny, they're in class right now and they don't get out till 11.30. And the gunnery sergeant said, I don't care if those guys are talking to Jesus Christ himself. If they're not here in 20 minutes, you're not gonna have a job and neither will they. As investigators wait for the two to arrive, they begin to theorize that Tracy could have been a victim of a sexual assault. Many of Tracy's fellow female soldiers have experienced harassment and rape on bases across the country. The men felt that the women there were just there for good looks and for their kicks. We weren't there to be able to stand up to them or defy them in any way. So yes, it happened a lot. There's tons of rape, tons. 1991's tailhook scandal revealed widespread contempt and abuse for women in the military among the men serving alongside them. The hallway gauntlet, where 83 women were pushed, then fondled, and in some cases disrobed by drunk male Marine and Navy officers. I thought for sure we were going to be gang raped. Some men grabbed my skirt and pulled it upward. Other men would reach underneath my skirt and grab my crotch. The Inspector General's report details conduct which is wrong and which has no place in the armed services. Perhaps one of Tracy's two Marine buddies saw her as an object of desire and lashed out after she rebuffed him. Finally, they arrived for questioning. They were scared to death by the time they got there. These guys were so apologetic. They've had alibis for where they were. They had a curfew and they were in. There were even checks that went on. So they were alibied out. Eager to help, the Marines tell investigators everything they know about Tracy. A good person, very nice. You know, seemed like she was grounded and had her life together. Through interviews with Tracy's colleagues, Whitson also learns about Tracy's relationship with another Marine, Chris Contreras. So that developed into us looking at her boyfriend who was not stationed on this base. In these situations, you look at boyfriends, people who would have a reason to do this. It seemed like from everybody we talked to, they were in love. But love can be a strange and fickle thing. In the fall of 1994, Tracy met Chris while in intelligence training in California and quickly fell in love. Chris, she told me, was the man she was going to marry. He's Native American, a very fit man, but a very soft guy with a little bit of a sassy edge. She had a heart necklace with an emerald in it. And she said Chris had said he would never buy jewelry except for his wife. So that was a huge step. And she said when he gave it to her, he had that wrapped up and came in with a, a rose in his mouth. Investigators wonder, with Tracy in Texas and Chris now stationed in Virginia, perhaps he couldn't stand being apart any longer. And we thought maybe he loved her too much and didn't want to be away from her and came to get her. Or perhaps Tracy couldn't stand being away from Chris either and staged her own abduction to go AWOL. Obviously, you don't discount anything. We're not discounting the fact that people do go AWOL out of the military. Investigators in Virginia questioned Chris on his whereabouts the night Tracy went missing. His alibi was very solid. There were people who could place him at his home assignment in Virginia. Uh, the distance was just too great. Investigators realized there is no way Chris could have traveled to Texas and back in the time frame Tracy was abducted. Her family and friends also dismissed the notion that Tracy would have planned an escape. The moment we heard that theory, it was truthfully very laughable. 
This is the girl who was a fighter through and through. She had a spirit of excellence within her. She was not even going to consider setting up something like this. There was no way she was going to do that. She was a soldier who wanted to be there. And so the search for Private Tracy McBride goes on. Outside the base, police are combing San Angelo for clues and establish a hotline for any tips. We were receiving calls. Anything from I saw clothing on the side of the road to just anything that they saw. So each one of those things were assigned to somebody who would go and check it out. Friends, family, and faith keep the McBrides hopeful. We were so blessed with an amazing outpouring of community and church support. The town just rallied around us. I knew Tracy from the corner down here, and I feel really bad for her parents. For days, you don't sleep because you're just waiting for the phone to ring and hoping for good news. All we had at that time was dark-complected male. Don't really want to go with just African-American because that rules out anybody who's Puerto Rican, it rules out anybody who's Hispanic, anybody who may be even Caucasian and have a dark tan. Another week goes by with investigators interviewing hundreds of people on the base for any kind of lead. Everything that you get, it's, it just seems to be another wall or another dead end. You start thinking, are we ever going to catch a break in this? And we just weren't getting it. Investigators desperately retrace their steps for any clues they may have missed the first time around. I said, who's the person who knows the most about this unit? Sandy Lane. Tracy's drill sergeant. Sandra Lane would probably be the one. She knows the inner workings. Let's get her in here. Almost two weeks after Tracy's disappearance, investigators talked to Sandra Lane again. During that interview, we talked about this instructor, this sergeant, this trainee, just a lot of back and forth. And then finally the question was asked, who do you think might have done it? And Sandra said something to the effect of, well, probably a scorned lover. And the investigator said, well, why? Why do you think that? And she said, well, it sounds like something my ex-husband did to me. During the interview, she was asked, well, do you know anybody that might have done this? She said, I think my ex-husband could be a suspect. Asked to explain why she suspects her ex-husband, Sandra tells a tale of romance that turned into a horror story. They met in Germany when they were serving together over there. But there was a complication. He was married at the time, but they started seeing each other and fell in love. Adultery in the military can get you discharged. So they kept the affair under wraps until he divorced his wife. And though they married in 1992, it wasn't the happily ever after Sandra had hoped for. Things started to change. He liked to drink. And he became violent with her one night, chased her around the house, and he took her into the bedroom. He raped her. It was a, a brutal rape. In the 90s, stories of spousal abuse are coming to the forefront especially in 1993 with the Lorena Bobbitt case. Bobbitt told the jury that her husband physically, emotionally, and sexually abused her. I remember the insults and the bad words that he told me. I remember every time that he hurt me. <laughs> like so many victims, 
her ex-husband made Sandra Lane feel like she deserved it. And he agreed to leave her alone. He was going to get counseling, and it was all going to be okay. Things didn't change, and eventually she divorced him in 1994. Soon, he moved nearby and began harassing her. February 16th, just two days before Tracy was kidnapped. Her back door is kicked in, and there's her ex-husband with a gun, and he basically takes her at gunpoint. He then tells her to call his answering machine and leave a convincing message that, I want to get back together again, can you come over? So he is planning that if you try to call the police on me, I've got a tape that says you invited me over. And he sexually assaulted her. Brutalized and scared, Sandra shares details of the attack with her co-workers on the base, but never reports it to the police. Instead, Sandra plans for a new transfer back to Germany, far out of reach from her violent ex. It seems she just wants to move forward and forget the whole nightmare. She's not going to file charges at that point. She just wants to have him out of her life. That wasn't their last encounter. The night that Tracy McBride was kidnapped, there was a phone call between the two of them where Sandra Lane made it very clear to her ex-husband, this is over. Cutting ties, don't call me, don't write me, do nothing. Stay away from me. Once Sandra made us aware that her ex had assaulted her two days prior to our event on the base, now we start looking at him. Who is this guy? What do we know about him? What all can we find out about him? His name is Lewis Jones Jr., and he's 44 years old. He was a 22-year retired Army Ranger. He was trained to be the elite of the elite. He had served in the invasion of Grenada and also in the Gulf War. He retired as a master sergeant. He had been hired as a shuttle driver, so he had access to the base. He had deactivated voluntarily, receiving a military pension. But his obsession with Sandra made a job on the base the perfect way to keep an eye on her. And this guy's trained in overtaking people and ambushes. The kind of person who could abduct Tracy and overtake Private Peacock. And he's been right under their noses at Goodfellow Air Force Base. We're investigating like this, like she's alive and she's missing and we want to find her. Without evidence to tie Jones to Tracy's disappearance, investigators decide to arrest him for assaulting another victim, his ex-wife and Tracy's drill sergeant, Sandra Lane. Agents Whitson and Jones stake out the veteran's house, less than two miles away from the base. We were sitting there. Here comes Lewis Jones. He's here and we're going to take him down now. When we got in cuffs and we went ahead and arrested Mr. Jones. Around 6.30 p.m., Jones is brought into the San Angelo police station for questioning about his assault and abuse of his ex-wife. But what investigators really want is answers about the disappearance of Tracy McBride. The first interview that was conducted was about the rape of his ex-wife. Most people who've committed a crime like a rape it usually takes them a long time to decide to give it up. So it was kind of unusual that he admitted to the rape fairly quick. Which told me there's something he doesn't want you to ask him about. 
this has got to be our guy. Whitson and his team take their time before asking Jones about Tracy. He would offer some weak denials. He would stop and say, oh, I didn't do that. Under intense pressure, Jones finally confesses and agrees to take investigators to a bridge nearly 30 miles away. Underneath it, the search for Tracy McBride finally and tragically ends. Now we're being extremely careful because it's dark. I mean, pitch black. And with flashlights, I knew it was an army uniform. We knew it was her. She was completely dressed in her uniform. Her belt was on. Everything was tucked in like it was supposed to be. Based on her appearance, it's possible she's been spared the brutal sexual assault investigators know Jones is capable of. But what exactly happened and why he would kill her is something only Jones can tell them. The next morning, there was a knock at the door, and I saw a chaplain. We knew that there was a problem because they were all in their dress uniforms. And they came in the door and explained to us that they found my daughter. And tore me apart more than you could ever understand. I woke up that morning to sounds of sobs. My brother had woken up early that day, and he found out by a breaking news report. Showed them carrying Tracy's body out of this ditch with the slogan across saying, body of missing soldier has been found. Tracy, you're so dear to all of us. We cared about you. The service was extremely, extremely somber. Tracy's family is finally able to lay her body to rest. We have the ability to love each other. And that's what Tracy would have us do here today. But they are left searching for answers. The biggest question, why Tracy? In October 1995, Lewis Jones Jr. goes on trial for the kidnapping and murder of Tracy McBride, with prosecutors seeking the death penalty. After we visited with McBrides, they were very adamant that we seek the death penalty. Finally, the whole story about what happened the night Tracy was abducted emerges. Lewis Jones said he was driving by when he noticed Tracy on the phone, and that's why he stopped. He had talked to his ex-wife a couple hours prior to this, so he knew that she was not on base. He was just out prowling. Though Jones never says why he went after Tracy, it seems apparent. He had just fought with his ex-wife, Sandra Lane. Tracy and Sandra looked a lot alike. Strawberry blondes, petite females. The familiar look may have triggered his rage. And Tracy just happened to be in a place without a lot of people around. I'm not sure that Lou just didn't say you'll do. Jones tried to lure Tracy away by asking for help. When she replied she couldn't, he forced her to leave with him. He assaulted Private Peacock when he followed them. She was kidnapped at gunpoint, taken to his house. He raped Tracy for hours. Then he had her clean herself up, having her clean her genital area out with peroxide. 
He had socks in her mouth and had her tied up. He put her in the master bedroom closet. I don't know what goes through anyone's mind, let alone a 19-year-old girl's mind, about what's going to happen to me next. My guess is at some point she realized this isn't going to end well for me. He washed her clothes. He had her walk on towels so they wouldn't pick up fibers and any evidence at the house. He was very cold and calculated and knew what he was doing. He didn't want to be caught. And then he takes her 30 miles outside of the city and beats her over the head. Her skull was crushed. He used a tire iron to strike her. It takes someone without any kind of conscience to do what he did to Tracy. But Jones's attorneys mount a unique defense, claiming he's suffering from Gulf War syndrome, chronic illnesses, including neurological impairment, caused by exposure to poisonous gas while serving in the Persian Gulf. Jones's lawyers also say he was a victim of child abuse. If you listen to the defense, that basically if you've been abused as a child and you were in the Gulf War, you could be a killer too. And I didn't believe that for one second. I never have and I never will. Neither does the jury. They find Jones guilty of kidnapping and murder and recommend the death penalty. On March 18, 2003, with Tracy's family as witnesses, Lewis Jones Jr. is executed by lethal injection. Nobody won that day. Lewis Jones died because he committed a murder. We didn't get Tracy back. Justice is not a winner for the victims. Tracy left such an amazing legacy. She was a servant through and through. And we can look at her life and we can celebrate that. I miss phone calls. Miss a smile. It's hard to miss something you never had, but I miss getting to see her children. I think the biggest justice that can be done for Tracy is living her legacy. Living a legacy of hope, encouragement, kindness. And that's what I've tried to do with every day of my life. You need to keep your faith. You need to remember who they are. And the people you have, you need to tell them you love them. They need to know it because you never know when they won't come home. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.